I remember reading the title of a memorial meditation, Remember the Dash. And it spoke of the dash that is often carved in a memorial marker in a cemetery uh, that is placed between a person's birth date and their passing date. The author said, what really matters is not the birth date or the passing date, but it's the dash in between, what happened in and through the life of that person. I thought of that as we come to the end of our sermon series based on the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul's letter begins and ends like bookends with the word grace. And like the Apostle Paul's life, what mattered most for him was the dash in between. What occurred in his life, it is how we live our life, the dash that matters. So have you found yourself in Paul's letter to the Philippians? Have you found yourself identifying with Paul or any of the people he mentions? Perhaps you can identify with with Paul's longing to be with his friends when he was cut off from them, hundreds of miles away from them, under arrest, in prison, waiting his final disposition. Has there been a specific word or, or a phrase or verse or theme that has stood out for you as you look back over these verses? Remember the dash as you complete my joy. Remember the dash as you stand firm in the gospel. Remember the dash as you have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And remember the dash as you shine like stars in the universe. Remember the dash, knowing that your citizenship is in heaven. And remember the dash as you dwell and focus on whatever is true, just, pure, lovely, and gracious. Anything that is excellent and worthy of praise. Remember the dash as you rejoice in the Lord at all times. I will say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, in these final verses, we remember the dash of contentment and gratitude to God and to others. Hear the word of God. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty, and I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They 
are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And so, Lord, on this day, I pray that you will meet us in your word. Lord, help us in our journey into joy, our continuing journey into joy in you. Help us to find true contentment and gratitude. Through Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. This spring, uh, the staff chose the book of Philippians as our summer sermon series. It was chosen because of the dominant theme of this book is joy or rejoicing. And they felt that at this time as a church, many of us who are confined because of the coronavirus, we need to to be reminded of the joy that is ours in the Lord. And that word is used over 14 times throughout the book. And the message of Philippians seemed to be an appropriate one for Bellingham Covenant Church. Faced with the challenges and the uncertainty of the coronavirus pandemic, and its impact on our everyday life and this congregation, we needed to journey into joy. In his book, you got to Keep Dancing, uh, Tim Hansel shares the story of receiving a beautiful calligraphied plaque in the mail from a friend with the words, Tim, trust me, I have everything under control. Jesus. But the glass was broken and cracked in shipping. Tim never replaced the glass, saying, We can know a joy that transcends circumstances and is the substance of faith that is beyond situations. That essentially is the message of Paul's letter to the Philippians, that we can know a joy that transcends circumstance of a substance and a faith that is beyond situations. Reading Paul's letter, you can't help but be impressed by his attitude of joy and thanksgiving. I thank my God every time I remember you. And now as he ends this letter, he once again affirms a joy no matter what, giving thanks to his friends in Philippi who renewed their concern for him. He received the financial support from these churches that was brought to him in person through Epaphroditus as a gift from God, and their gift was a sign of God's loving provision in his life. That word, uh, renewed, can be translated revived, like a blooming plant again. And that image, along with the words for gifts, really speaks to the effect of fruitfulness of the Philippians' faith in Paul's life. Their care and concern for him was used by God to renew and revive his faith. In expressing his gratitude for that gift, Paul says 
that he has learned the secret of contentment, no matter what circumstances he finds himself in. And in a decisive and once and for all way, Paul experienced the fullness of life in Christ, bringing with it contentment. It was a contentment that went beyond the situation and beyond the circumstances that he found himself in. The word uh, content literally means to be filled, satiated, and satisfied in all dimensions of life. It can also mean sufficient. And Paul says of this coming to him in a decisive revelation, in a moment he discovered the most that life could offer because he had new life in Christ. His contentment was not in his circumstances. It wasn't in an abundance of things and good fortune. Nor was he content because he didn't suffer or experience misfortune. His contentment, no matter what, was because of Jesus Christ and his life. Contentment is not an easy confession to make, particularly at this time for many of us. In a life that is so uncertain, in circumstances that are so overwhelming, threatening the loss of job, income, place, health, we need more than the promise that things will get better. We need hope more than hype. But what if this is our new normal? What if this is what our life will look like for the foreseeable future? Can we be content and not merely cope? What if this virus continues to keep public gatherings at schools and sporting events and even churches at a minimum? What if for our immediate future and those of us in a high-risk category continue to be cut off from the people and the things we love, such, a gather, such as a gathered community for worship and fellowship at church? How can we be contented when so much of our life and our world is discontented? During Paul's day, the Stoics taught that you could learn to be self-sufficient in all areas of life. They taught that contentment is not so much in possessing much, but in wanting little. And if you want to make a person happy, add not to their possessions, but take away their desires. But Paul's contentment was independent of circumstances. It was because of his contentment was dependent on Christ. When he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, it wasn't an egotistical statement of self-sufficiency. It was a statement of Christ-sufficiency. A second characteristic of the dash in Paul's life is gratitude and thanksgiving for the Philippians for their support of him both financially and in the sending of Epaphroditus to be with Paul in his imprisonment. 
And for Paul, it wasn't the money that was so meaningful to him. It was the expression of care and concern and their relationship with him that mattered most. Paul says, in effect, your gifts were beyond anything I expected or needed. And using terms used in the Old Testament to describe offerings to God, Paul says that the effect of those offerings in his life were like a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. He is grateful for the dash in his life, and it is characterized by his gratefulness and thankfulness to God's provision through the Philippians. Earlier in these verses, Paul spoke of contentment and his own sufficiency in Christ. Now he reminds the Philippians of of their sufficiency in Christ and expresses gratitude for them. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. As I uh, reflected on this verse this week, I wondered, so, is there a word here for BCC? When I came here in February, seven months ago, there was great joy and optimism. The mortgage was burned. The debt was paid. A substantial cash reserve was set aside for mission and ministry. There was a celebration. Former pastors and leaders returned and came back. Energy and enthusiasm abounded, and cake was served. But three weeks later, the building was closed to group gatherings and indoor worship. The gathered church became the scattered church. And it has been over 20 weeks now since we have been able to worship indoors. Going forward as a church, there is uncertainty. When will the threat and the pain of the coronavirus be eliminated? When will we be able to gather like we did in the past? When Will our kids be able to return to school and and not be taught remotely and from a distance? When will we not be limited by physical distancing and masks to safely pass the peace of Christ in a worship service through a handshake or a hug as we would greet one another? And will... Our church's financial base remains strong so that we can support the ministries that we believe God is calling us to. And will the scattered BCC congregation be as generous in their giving as when we were the gathered church? In the face of so much uncertainty about gathering, how can we show care and concern for BCC, treating it like a plant that can be revived and renewed in a way that our faith flourishes 
and is fruitful. In the words of a song, don't doubt in the darkness the decisions that you made in the light. In the uncertainty of the moment, we remember the certainty of Paul's promise. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Like Paul, we move beyond our self-sufficiency to the sufficiency that is ours in Christ. Paul's letter begins with a prayer for completion. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for all of you, making my prayer with joy. And I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. That's really my prayer for you too. This coming week, I will complete my ministry with you as interim lead pastor. So goodbye and God bless. It's been my privilege to serve you at this time, this very unusual time. And I regret that I haven't been able to get to know you better and to spend time in face-to-face conversations. My ministry has largely been behind the scenes with the staff and the leaders of this church. You are a wonderful congregation with a long and lasting legacy. Remember the dash and may you continue to be characterized by contentment and gratitude through your sufficiency in Christ. Truly, God will supply all of your needs. And to each one of you at BCC, remember the dash in your life and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you and your spirit. And to each one of you is a valued member of the ministry staff and team at BCC, Janet, Chris, Hannah, Charity, Stephen, and Jeff. Remember the dash in your life and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in your spirit. And to each one of you who are serving on the leadership team, thank you for what you have offered in these last months. Tim, Doreen, Steve, Jose, Lisa, Amanda, Jed and Mark, we thank God for you. And remember the dash in your life and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And to Pastor Phil and Julie and your children, 
as you began your ministry at BCC. Remember the dash in your life and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. The word of God for the people of God.